0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the message portion of our night of worship. We're so glad you could join us again. Uh, This semester, we're going to be studying the ministry of a man named Elijah, found in the Old Testament in the Bible. And we're calling it Whirlwind uh, because that's essentially what his ministry was like in Samaria during his ministry. And it was up and down and side to side and um, all over the place. Uh, Yet God still moved through Elijah's obedience. And so maybe since March, you felt the same way, that you've been up, you've been down, you've been side to side, can't quite get your feet settled on the ground. I think all of us have felt that way at one point or another. And so I think one of the things we need to really get in this theme, the semester theme, it's not just for one person, it's for all of us. I think all of us have felt like we're in a whirlwind. And sometimes that is positive. Uh, where we see God show up in ways that we hadn't anticipated and sometimes it's a whirlwind uh, that pulls us all the way down into darkness and I just want to encourage you before we get started into the message to get plugged into one of our weekly life groups in the midst of this pandemic and everything going on on campus that's going to be one of the best ways for you to stay connected with our ministry and with each other and other Christians. Uh, the different whirlwinds we're going to cover this semester are everything from prayer, provision, the unexpected accusation. There's going to be a week uh, of these 13 weeks about depression, um, control, change. All of these are are very, very relevant, and we had decided on this theme before the pandemic had dropped. And so it's like God knew. You know, He was taking care of us, wanting us to um, walk through this together. So wherever we are in the midst of this material, Uh, during the semester, those are going to be our messages for the nights of worship. So we'll have five messages during the nights of worship that will highlight those weeks that we're in together. And so tonight we kick off with the whirlwind of prayer. And if you get one thing from tonight's message, we want you to get this. People that pray become a part of God's plan.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us online. I wanted to talk a little bit about our message tonight, but I think the best way to do that is through a little quick story. So this story starts back a few years ago with a joke. One day I told my best friend Luciano that I was moving to Ohio um, just, you know, as a joke. A few days passed by and he had finally accepted um, the fact that I was going to be moving. I called him um, later just a few days ago after letting him mull over it just to tell him "Man, I was joking uh, and he was pretty relieved. But to, to my surprise, a few weeks later, I get a call from him and it says, hey, man, I'm moving to Ohio. I, I laughed off as a joke. I figured out he's just trying to get me back just for fun, you know. Uh, but he goes, no, I'm serious. I'm moving to Ohio. And it wasn't so funny then. Uh, that year I was in a whirlwind, honestly. I got hurt and hurt playing sports. My best friend was moving away and I just felt pretty bland, uh, pretty boring. And there wasn't a whole lot of direction in my life. Then I went to a service event at my church, uh, Indian Creek. It was there that I met my current girlfriend, Lauren, and she truly turned my life upside down. Now, (laughs) I say that in a good way. Uh, Before, I was sad, then I was happy. Before, I was bored, and then I was excited. She was the light in the tunnel for me. She calmed the seas, and she brought that whirlwind to a halt. Fast forward to today, and this night of worship. Typically, we hold our nights of worship in Taylor Hall, room 104, and it's a fantastic place to worship. Unfortunately, with the current circumstances, we, aren't, we weren't able to hold a night of worship on campus and unfortunately not in person either. With everything going on, we weren't able to secure a location on campus, either in Taylor Hall or elsewhere. Then Lauren brought up the amazing idea of trying to secure Military Park, uh, where we are actually holding our meet and greet uh, on, on this night. Uh, White River was also awesome been helping us secure a spot, and they even gave us a discount on it, um, which is incredible in itself. But then something even more amazing happened. Uh, Andrew sent me a message just a few days after we had secured the spot um, telling me that donors had actually helped um, pitch in to help pay for the cost of securing Military Park. And that was incredibly generous and such an amazing thing to hear. Um, though, sadly, with the way the events are being handled, we weren't able to hold a full in-person night of worship on this night. This has been kind of a whirlwind of events, but something that both stories I've told has in common is that they are a teaching point. They showed me that God has a plan, a way, a direction. Regardless of the situation, there's always a path that he has carved. It might be tough. It might be frustrating. It may not be what we thought we wanted, but it's his plan. And in the end, it's the best plan. So tonight, even though there isn't, this isn't how we wished to have done this, we celebrate and rejoice in the knowledge that this is God's plan. We may encounter whirlwinds in our life, but God is there with us every step of the way. I wanted to transition into reading a verse. It's 1 Kings 17.1, and it reads, Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God that I serve, There will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Thank you. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word.
0: Thank you, Luke, Luke, for reading that passage for us. Um, The passage starts off by saying, Now Elijah... Elijah's name means, my God is Yahweh. And it defined Elijah's entire ministry in Samaria. He had more miraculous events that happened as a result of his work than any other person that we see uh, in the Old Testament, um, as much as at least. And Elisha, his successor, had a lot as well. Yet he wasn't Sent to do these miraculous things in Jerusalem, the epicenter of uh, of Jewish worship, uh, he was sent to Samaria in the north uh, into the gut of darkness to proclaim God's reigning uh, power over everyone and he was really what he was doing is he was proclaiming the message of his very own name and Elijah, he hailed from this place called Tishbe in Gilead, which is present-day Jordan, uh, west of Samaria. And he's seemingly unknown up to this point. Uh, We know a lot of things about him uh, after this moment, but we don't know much before this. And this whole thing reminds me of this quote from Martin Luther King Jr., where he says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So God can generate, we need to believe this today, that God can generate light from anyone. So the question is, are you ready to shine? And so the darkness in the midst of Samaria, there's this king named Ahab. And back in, backing up to chapter 16 in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 33, we see that Ahab, it reads, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. He married a Sidonian princess named Jezebel and started to heavily worship Baal, this Canaanite rain god, and Asherah, uh, who was the fertility goddess of the Canaanite worship. And Ahab's story shows us many things, but I think it shows us this one thing is very important, that Who you marry matters. And for Ahab, you know, he had already made a lot of mistakes, but by by marrying someone like Jezebel, it was going to be just amplifying uh, just the darkness that was happening in Samaria. And so Elijah jumps onto the scene and he says, There will be no dew or rain except by my word. And so the Palestinian... Uh, D.J. Wiseman says this, that the Palestinian dew and natural the rainfall pattern was consistent. The former rains fell between late October and early January and the latter rains between April and early May. And so the consistency that they had enjoyed with rainfall uh, was divinely disrupted, divinely disrupted. Things weren't working the, norm, the way that they normally did. And doesn't that sound familiar to us in our situation? So the declaration of Elijah is a direct attack on Baal. There will be no dew or rain. He's the rain god and his acquired wife, Asherah, the fertility goddess. And from the very beginning, it was clear why Elijah had burst onto the scene. Uh, There was so much idol worship happening with these two main uh, gods of Canaanite worship and we may think at this point we're like okay so Yahweh is correct and Baal and Asherah are incorrect but it wasn't just that it was also about the darkness that was associated with worshiping those gods. Uh, One of the ways that they would worship Baal and Asherah was through child sacrifice and temple prostitution in a way that you would worship The Canaanite gods is that you would go into the temple and indulge with a, a prostitute, and that's how they would worship. And so, we're talking about something that's a lot further than just. It is. It is also. It's true. The gospel is true. Yahweh is true, and the darkness is false. But we're talking about the best life possible for us to live. And so, people that pray become a part of God's plan.
2: Okay, so I'll be reading James 5, verse 17, and Luke 4, verse 25, from James, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. From Luke, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land.
0: Thank you, Agatha, for reading those verses for us. We see in these New Testament verses what was really going on in this drought. The Old Testament is kind of interesting; like he just shows up and he says it's not going to rain, and then we see in the New Testament it kind of it filled out as to what was actually taking place. When Elijah burst onto the scene, uh, James says that Elijah was as human as we are. And so it can be easy to study the ministry of Elijah and to feel pretty disconnected from him. He did a lot of wild things. God used him in an amazing way. And God would never do anything like that through our lives, would he? Um, Yet James is clear that the physiology, the makeup of Elijah's body was the same as ours maybe with one exception. Uh, the Bible later on in 2 Kings one eight says that he was a hairy man. Maybe you're not a hairy human being, um, but for, for most of us, we don't look at him and say we're just like him. But James says he was human, just like we are, and that the power of prayer exists uh, with, with us as well as it was with Elijah. And it says that he prayed earnestly. And here we see what it was about Elijah that set him apart from most people in Samaria. He was a man who prayed earnestly. The guy prayed so much that James actually uses back-to-back words for prayer to describe what was going on when the rain quit. Uh, The first word was to ask God for, and the second word is to make requests. And so the translation ends up becoming prayed earnestly, two prayer words, to try to describe exactly what was happening when Elijah was praying. He was praying so intensely. Uh, his prayer life was so intense uh, that he saw amazing things happen. We see more on this later in 1 Kings 19.4. But prayer would be the initiator of this movement against the false Canaanite gods in Samaria. And God also wants it to be an initi- prayer to be an initiator in our lives as well. Uh, James 5.16 says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And so people that pray become a part of God's plan.
2: Hello, my name is Agatha Byer, and I am a senior here at IUPUI. I am originally from Des Moines, Iowa, and I came to IUPUI to play basketball and to major in health services management. I am the new VP of Spiritual Formation here at CSF. As many of you can agree, we have all missed out on a super fun experience or opportunity due to the unknown and fear of the pandemic, the riots, weather, and so much more. So in March, when our basketball season and school year came to an abrupt end, there was a huge amount of uncertainty in my life. I found myself back home with my family. I spent five months with them during this time, which was the longest period we have spent together in three years. While I did my best trying to stick to a schedule of waking up early, working out, going to class, and reading my Bible, some days I came up short. I found myself waiting until the last minute to complete homework assignments or skipping a few days of my plan on the Bible app. At the time, I thought these were small and insignificant tasks, but it soon added up until I felt like I was in a whirlwind. I noticed myself pulling away from God. I began relying less on God's message and signs and more on the news and my own thoughts and opinions. I recognized myself praying less and less each day and each week. When I finally decided to make a change and get back on track, I felt a sense of relief and peace. I knew God was working through us and for us. He was going to bring healing and grace into this troubling and uncertain time. Through this difficult time, I have learned to pray consistently and intentionally. I encourage you to pray consistently, whether that is right when you wake up in the morning or before bed, or even before each meal, but preferably all three. Find a time that works best for you. Intentionally may be the most important part of a healthy prayer life it is easy to pray to God and lose focus or even fall asleep. I encourage you to give God your undivided attention and genuinely speak from your heart. Although I have not mastered a consistent and intentional prayer life, I have seen firsthand the benefits of setting aside time each day to have a genuine and thorough conversation with the Lord. And I hope you experience this too.
0: Thank you, Agatha, for sharing that amazing testimony of what God's been doing in your life Uh, We're excited to have everybody that's back, back, but some of you are still at home. And um, I just, I really want us to take this passage as practically as we can. No matter where you're at, you're in Indianapolis or you're in Goshen or Evansville, uh, wherever you're at, let's take this very practically and end our time together. So just four things, jumping back into the passage that we can plug into our lives. The first thing is to ask ourselves the question, is Jesus... My Lord, is Jesus your Lord? Christianity isn't just true. We believe it's true. But it is also following Jesus is the best life possible to live. It's not the easiest life to live, but it is the best life to live. And so change has to start in us before we can enter Samaria. Luke eleven thirty six 36 has probably been my main verse for the pandemic since march i read it back in april and, and it's just been just over and over and over rolling over and over It's jesus's words it says if you are filled with light with no dark corners then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight is shining on you no dark corners jesus is my lord uh, i hope he's your lord as well if he's not may want to consider making Jesus your Lord uh, because it's the best decision you'll ever make. The second thing is that let's not let darkness or disruption intimidate us. Don't let darkness or disruption intimidate you. Our enemy, the devil, uh, he will stop at nothing to try to intimidate us. Don't let him. All the darkness all the disruption that he's bringing uh, into our lives constantly. And even before this all happened, he was still trying to distract us and disrupt us with darkness. And I think these are all setups for God to do something that we wouldn't believe even if someone had told us. So 1.5, of all the times we've faced in our lives so far, this is not a time to sit back and to be passive I was speaking with someone else who's in campus ministry in Indianapolis, and we were talking about our longing to see that this school year is not just a waste, and we just say, well, 2020, 2021, that was just kind of a we just survived it. Let's not just survive it, let's let's move boldly through it and not let darkness or disruption intimidate us. The third thing is that you I want you to know today that you have what it takes. The physiological makeup of Elijah is, was the same as ours, and that means that God can use your body, your life, your voice to make a huge difference in this world. I want to encourage you not to discount yourself when God has deemed you as able, as worthy, as forgiven, as chosen, as called. I could keep going on and on and on, but you have what it takes Through Jesus's sacrifice on the cross, you are declared worthy and good enough. The last one is that synced prayer will be the initiator. All of this and all these circumstances and all these things that are going on in our lives, it all kind of comes down to this. And uh, we recently had our grill rust out. Uh, We were given this grill 15 years ago. And it was not in good shape when we got it. I went and I bought a burner for it, resurrected it from the dead, and it was like, it worked. And this was when Samantha and I first got married back in 2006. And we kept that grill uh, from, from 2006 all the way until here recently when it rusted out. We got a new grill. And it is amazingly better. But I remember when... We had Samantha's parents over for dinner one night, and I was trying to use that old grill, and, and it just charred those burgers, man. It, they, were na- they were gross. And they, thankfully, were nice and ate them, but they were so dry, so cooked, overcooked, because I wasn't reacting properly to the grill because it was so volatile. And I didn't really know how to react to it. Now this new grill is awesome. I know how to react to it. It's easy, I can, I can make things quicker and better because I know how to react properly to it and it's not as volatile and I think that's a great great illustration for what prayer is like Uh, this is what synced prayer is supposed to look like sure we pray impossible prayers of faith longing for God to answer uh, but we want to be so in sync with our heavenly father that he leads us into those times of prayer to pray for the right things in the right way Just like Elijah did. And that is what I believe that that synced prayer is like. And I think every revival, and we know actually this is true, that every revival in the history of Christianity has begun in God's response to prayer. And that is how it will start today, even with a lot of our churches 25% full or not even having anybody in them right now. Even in this time, I think God still wants to do the impossible. He still wants to move in a revival among us. And so we don't need full church buildings to start a revival. We only need the Christians to pray. Synced prayer will be the initiator. People that pray become a part of God's plan. And so are you ready to step into the whirlwind of prayer? Are you ready to step into the whirlwind of our theme this semester of all the different whirlwinds? But specifically tonight, are you ready to step into the whirlwind of prayer? This is how you're going to make it through this semester. Whether you're in isolation, all classes online, or you're doing a hybrid where some of your classes are online, some of them aren't. um, Prayer is going to play a vital role, not only personally, by yourself privately, but also with other Christians. Are you ready to step into the miraculous? That God wants to do something um, outside of what He has ever done before. And so there will be no way, if God does this, if we step into the whirlwind of prayer and He does something miraculous, there's going to be no way for us to explain it away, as if that we did it. It'll be obvious that God did it. And if all of us could step up in the area of synced prayer with our Creator, I believe that will not only have a greater sense of purpose during this crazy time, because I think that's part of it, it helps us to make it, you know. But we don't just want to make it, we actually want to make a difference in other people's lives and throughout our world. And I think we'll be able to see the impossible take place. So let's just say this one thing again, people that pray become a part of God's plan. Let me, let me pray to close out the message. God, thank you so much for this time that we can come and be in your word and soak it in. We want to pray for this semester that you would go before us and you would make a way that we would enjoy just walking through the scriptures together and encouraging one another. I want to pray if there's anybody out there that has not yet accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would make that decision soon. Because God, your son came and died and bore in his body the sin of all mankind so that we could be saved. And he rose from the dead to show that he has victory over death. God, we love you. We thank you for tonight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you do have a decision to make, uh, whether that's an act of repentance, maybe you're already a Christian, but you're living a life of sin, you need someone to pray with you, uh, please reach out to us. Also, uh, you fill out that connection card uh, that's in the link. Uh, we also just want to invite you to make a decision to become a Christian. We've got a great page on our website, csfiupui.com slash baptism. And, and it's not just about baptism. It's about all the initial steps that Christians have taken throughout history. And the first step that needs to be taken is is that crack in our hearts of belief. So we pray that you would take some kind of step toward Jesus. And if you have any other questions, please reach out to us. Thank you so much for listening to the message.